You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Nationals podcast today, brought to you by Built Bar. On today's show, we'll discuss the Nationals series loss this weekend in New York against the Yankees. The Nationals lost two of three. That is now five of their last six. We'll discuss what they have to do to get back on track and how things went down this past weekend. All right, let's get to it. Three-game series this weekend for the Nationals in New York. It started off on a pretty good note for the Nats. They won 11-4 on Friday night. They got a a decent outing from Patrick Corbin, who goes six innings. He's up three earned runs, two Ks. All three runs he gave up were via the home run ball, but it was good enough to keep them in this contest. Jameson Tyone matched him six and a third innings with three hits, three earned runs, five Ks, and two home runs allowed. The really big moments for the Nationals came in a six-run eighth inning where they finally kept the line moving in a very meaningful way. I mean, that top of the eighth inning, um, you know, Trey Turner was able to drive in two runs. Josh Harrison had a three-run home run. Kyle Schwarber drove in two runs. Sean Castro uh, was able to drive in a couple runs via error. Juan Soto in the top of the ninth provided a two-run shot, and also early in the game, too, Josh Bell had a home run followed by by a Jan Gomes two-run shot, too. So the Nationals' offense was able to get going, and not just the home run ball in Yankee Stadium, which is really important because obviously we know that stadium is well-known for giving up a lot of home runs. You know, that game, I'm not sure how it was going to go. In all three games this weekend, we're very competitive. Um, 11 to 4 doesn't say that, but look, this is a game that in the eighth inning uh, was tied 3 to 3, right? A, a DJ LeMahieu home run in the bottom of the sixth made it 3 3. You go top eight. That's the Nationals really began to hurt the Yankees. Uh, they especially got to Jonathan Loizaga. That, that really allowed the Nationals to take command. So that ballpark, it's a Mickey Mouse ballpark. I know a lot of balls went out. Especially, I mean, D.J. LeMahieu's two home runs were definitely not going to be home runs at a place like Nationals Park, right? And those two balls are hit at a place like Nats Park. They definitely don't leave the yard. Uh, that's that's 110% sure on that. So, yep, very interesting first game. The Nationals' bats came alive. And you look down the line, I mean, everybody except for Victor Robles in their starting lineup got a hit. Trey Turner was one for five. Josh Harrison was one for four with a walk. Juan Soto was two for five in his kind of debut back in the lineup. Josh Bell, one for five, still a rough game for him, but still got that one for five. Stalin Castro with a pair of hits. Kyle Schwarber was one for four with a walk. Jan Gomes had the home run, and Yadiel Hernandez also was one for three. So, uh, you know, this team was, yeah, I mean, able to get a lot of offensive production. And, you know, besides LeMahieu's three for four, I mean, Stanton went 0 for 4. Judge was 0 for 4 with two Ks. Uh, Torres was 0 for 4 in this game. Hicks 0 for 3. You know, they really shut down this lineup for the Yankees, which is pretty impressive. Kyle Finnegan, Tanner Rady, and then Will Harris did allow a run, but it was a pretty low leverage spot. So really not going to get on him too much for what he gave up. 
He is still obviously in the process of coming back from his injury. So, you know, been around now active for a week. I only think he's made about, what, two appearances so far. So it's really not a whole lot to track there. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll look at game two from this weekend, one that did not go the Nationals' way. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Nile and their 10 by 10 collection. This episode is brought to you by 10 by 10, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at a fair price. 10 by 10 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy to her life using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female designers have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, the perfect uh, way to bring joy into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. Today's show is also brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag, the best place for all the scores and odds uh, available right now. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball is in full swing, no pun intended. I'm sure pun intended. And you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. They've got tons of sports action there. Uh, they had the NFL Draft, the Derby, which obviously there's a lot of uh, you know consternation about that. Uh, more horse racing as well, NBA, NHL, MMA, boxing, all of those things are available. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and content information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game. Get in on it right now at betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on. It's L O C K E D O N locked on, and you will get 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit 100, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with right now at betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, friends. So let's discuss the Nationals' second game. In this three-game set, it was a 4-3 loss to the Yankees. This one came down to the wire. It was the final in 11 innings. And let's start with the positives here. Max Scherzer was tremendous. Now, here's the thing about Max's start is that the runs he gave up and then the, you know, talk about the the, the home run uh, that he gave up because he only gave up one run in this game. That's going to happen at a park like this. At a park such as Yankee Stadium, with the way Max usually pitches, and also you know it's, it's worth noting Max does usually give up a solo shot or two. It's not surprising to see Max give up a solo home run. That being said, seven innings pitched, two hits, one earned run coming via the home run, 14 strikeouts, 109 pitches across seven in uh, third innings. Tremendous, uh, uh, tremendous outing. It is the most strikeouts by an away pitcher in Yankee Stadium history, and I believe it's new Yankee Stadium history. Um, still, it's been around for a, a bit now. So, yeah, the most strikeouts in new Yankee Stadium history. What an impressive performance from Max Scherzer. He left it all out there and gave his team more than enough 
to win this baseball game. They should have won this baseball game. Max is pitching at a very high level. Here's the concerning part for me, is that anytime Max goes into a stadium like this against a team like the Yankees and pitches that well and they lose the game and they're not playing well, all of these things kind of lead to talk about this, that something was discussed earlier in the season. I think Ken Rosenthal brought it up about the idea that Max Scherzer could be traded. I'm not here to give that idea any life. You guys who listen to the podcast know I've discussed it before. I think the Nationals, with the way the team is currently constructed, can still be a competitive team if everything is all healthy. They are built to be a competitive team. They've got a competitive lineup. They've got a competitive pitching staff when all healthy. I don't I don't really give a whole lot of credence to that, but you all know in a place like New York, that's going to get brought up. And I sometimes, on weekends like this, especially with everything that's weird going on right now with the Nationals broadcast feed, I thought it would be a nice weekend maybe to listen to some of the other broadcasts. So I watched the uh, Yankees broadcast. I know for the game that was on TV on Saturday, uh, you could watch. I think I forget which game was on TV. But, yeah, Saturday game. Yeah, the one that was rain delayed at the beginning. Um, you know, you were able to listen to that broadcast and – you know, they, they kicked the tires on that about a Max Scherzer trade, not necessarily to New York, but here is here is the deal, my friends, and I think it's important to touch on this as we kind of move forward throughout the season. Look, any Max Scherzer deal would involve two things. Number one, the Nationals, if they traded him, would command a massive haul. If Max continues to pitch on the trajectory that he's currently pitching, um, you, I mean, it's gonna take it's gonna take a king's ransom to get that guy because look, he's he's going to be a team that probably helps somebody win a championship. Um, any team that picks up Max has designs on winning a championship because Max right now is a championship piece. He is a world champion before. He is pitching out of his mind right now. Even on the days where Max doesn't pitch well, you see it. Nobody is more competitive without their best stuff than Max Scherzer. That guy can still give you six innings. I think that first start of the year this year, you know, where he gives it the four home runs, what really settles in, is evidence of how good Max can be, even when he's not at his best. So I think that's something to consider as well. The King's ransom, the fact that he's such a good player, and two, Max could always re-sign with the Nationals. Now, I don't think this is likely. I don't think the trade's going to happen. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of deferred money involved as well, too. But Max Max's roots are in D.C. Max got that $210 million contract. I believe that's what it was. And look, if Max got hurt today or, you know, Max didn't even pitch this season at all, still one of the best. I mean, every single penny was so well spent for what that guy has given the team. You know, even this season, you could argue he's a big reason why they're still competitive right now, despite all the things, all the challenges they've gotten through right now. Um, you know, that Max is a huge reason why this team is still competitive. So I, I just wanted to touch on that Max Scherzer stuff because if the Nationals continue to play poorly, you can bet your bottom dollar that there is going to be more talk surrounding Max Scherzer and a Max Scherzer trade. So it is now incumbent on the Nationals to start playing uh, playing well so we can all avoid the, you know, the, the general anxiety that a situation like that would present. But Max was spectacular in this game. Um, and they were able to, Juan Soto got an RBI early in this Yankees game, walked in a, ru- a run. Kyle Higashioka took Max deep. Really not a whole lot of harm done there, 367. So not a super deep shot. 
Thon Castro drove in one in the sixth. And then Glaber Torres in the seventh made it, uh, or excuse me, in the ninth made it 2-2. This is where things got a little hairy. And it's because Brad Hand came into the game. Brad Hand has been owned by the Yankees. The Yankees really just have his number. So Brad Hand, you know, is in the game at this point in time, walks uh, DJ LeMayhew, Stanton grounded out to third. Solon Castro kind of bobbles that ball, which allows, um, you know, allows LeMayhew to get to second. Maybe he turns to, maybe he gets number two. I mean, if, if, he, if he fields that ball cleanly, I'm pretty confident in saying they get the lead runner there. So that's what leads to a broken bat single uh, from Aaron Judge. I mean, just he sandwiches this thing right into right field on the line, impossible for anybody to get to at that point. And then Glaber Torres, who's really struggled this year, was able to single and drive in, uh, you know, drive in the runs they needed at that point, uh, driving the one run they needed, rather, at that point to tie the game. Good job by Brad Hand of finishing out that inning and getting out of it. But you go to the 10th now, the Nationals are able to move the runner over with some with some decent situational hitting, all right? Not the best, but, um, you know, some decent situational hitting. They put Andrew Stevenson in the game. So Robles, Victor Robles starts off this inning with a single that it looked like it was so, he hit it so well that they were not able to score the run. I believe the outfield was in there too. Obviously, you know, trying to prevent uh, that run from scoring. I think, I forgot actually how they were set up, but hits the ball pretty hard right side. And that's why I think Stevenson had to had to hold up, made the right call and holding him up. Trey Turner, sack fly scores a run. That's good situational hitting right there. The rest was meh. Uh, it was meh to say it at best. Josh Harrison struck out. Juan Soto uh, gets intentionally walked. And then Zerman strikes out as well against Ch- Chapman's obviously a hard guy to face. But they did the job right there they were supposed to do in getting that run in. Then you go back to the tenth inning, all right. So this was this is where you know Mike Ford's just been struggling. Brad Hand gives up the hit, and they end up having it tied once again. Top of the eleventh now. The Nationals there was bad situational hitting all the way around. Bell strikes out swinging. Schwarber flies out to center. Castro strikes out looking, and at this point that felt like it was all she wrote there uh, at the very end of the game, and the Yankees are able to drive it in, infield single uh, after a couple walks to make the bases loaded. Uh, Stanton walked, Judge walked, and with the bases loaded, Gleyber Torres reached on a dribbler that effectively ended the game. 4-3, Yankees win. So the situational hitting late in this game is ultimately what doomed the Nationals. And I don't think there's much of an excuse for that because when you're the, you're the away team, you got the chance to set the tone at the top of each inning with that runner on and make the other team respond. You get to put the pressure on the home team to respond. In that spot, I always, 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 you just want to be the team that gets the chance to put the pressure on. That's really that simple. You want to be the team that can set the tone in that extra period and the Nationals had that opportunity and squandered it. Uh, that's probably all you can say. And it was, it was a difficult two days for Brad Hand. It does not get much better in the final game we'll talk about in a second, but first, another word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. The flavors they are offering right now, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, 
double chocolate and salted caramel. There's really something for everybody there. You guys know the deal, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. You guys can go right now to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, to the Sunday game. Full disclosure here, friends, it was Mother's Day. I hope a lot of you were spending time with your family, spending time with your mothers. I was as well. In this game, I was working all morning, and I was then able to uh, listen to this on the radio. So I listened to most of this game on the radio. Full disclosure, we'll let you guys know that is that is how I consumed uh, this contest. And the Nationals fall 3-2. to two. Joe Ross, five innings, seven uh, Ks, two earned runs. Should be good enough to hold the team in there to keep them in this game. Domingo Herman was really solid until he gives up a two-run home run to Kyle Schwarber. But I thought Joe Ross was very solid. The pitch count was way up for him. He was uh, his command was not great. It was hit or miss in this game. You go back and watch some of it, which I was able to do. Um, command was not good. Sam Clay gave him a scoreless inning. Austin Voth, man, he flirted with it, right? Three hits or three uh, three walks and a hit given up in those ten innings or in those two innings rather that he pitched. But uh, forty-two pitches in two innings, still scoreless. And then the issues came in the ninth inning for the Nationals. Brad Hand, another really difficult day uh, for him, which is tough to see because you want him to do well, obviously, back position, but. Walking Tyler Wade, walking Aaron Judge, a fielder's choice saw Judge to second and then Tyler Wade to third. And then Giancarlo Stanton was able to get a shallow single uh, into left field, which scored Tyler Wade and ended the game effectively. But look, the Nationals, you know, this was a, this was a challenge for them. Uh, walking ten guys was really the issue. They walked ten guys over the course of a day. And the problem with that is, is that you put so much pressure on yourself and the defense to be solid. The Yankees only walked one guy. You're presenting extra chances with runners in scoring position for an offense that I know it's been hit or miss this year in New York, but they were able to get the job done here. And that's because the Nationals, just in my opinion, were not good enough, uh, with pitching at least, of keeping guys off the base and keeping pressure off of themselves. A lineup... um, Trey had a great day, but Josh Harrison and Juan Soto uh, did not. And in that sense, and Josh Bell finally got another hit, one for four. So maybe he can start coming around a bit, but still, strikeouts for him have been high. Uh, Schwarber got another hit today. That two-run home run was pretty important for the Nationals. So they're getting some hitting, but it's not enough at this point in time. The lineup has to be better. And also they're pitching. They've just got to put – some of these games together more. I mean, there's no way the Nationals should have won two or three this weekend with how close the final two games were. If you take one of those two, you take two of three on the road, you bounce back a little bit. And if they want to be a good baseball team, they have to. The Nationals are now 13 and 17. That puts them in last place in the division. They are three and a half games back of the division leading New York Mets, who are 16 and 13. So, it's still early. There's a lot of baseball left to be played, but the Nationals have to improve. This makes them 5-5 five and five in the last 10, so playing 500 baseball 
in their last 10 games. But once again, it reminds you, they put themselves behind the eight ball early when they went one and two against the Braves and they got swept against the Dodgers, right? They were one and five to start things off. So they have to play better baseball the last week has been very rough for them with that sweep against the Braves, getting swept against the Braves at home, and then in this series, losing two of three. I mean, you're now one and five in your last six. That's why you are 17 and 13. Got to get the better consistency of play. I talked about it last week. Look, you swept the Marlins, the lowly Marlins, because the Marlins were banged up, and, and you did a good job against them, but you immediately stepped up against a better competition, and you faltered, and you faltered in a pretty significant way. They've got three at home against the Phillies. You gotta go two and one there. You gotta go two and one against a team like the Phillies that's not playing well. Then you've got three in Arizona against the Diamondbacks, who are a struggling club at the moment, a chance to take advantage. Fetty, Lester, and Corbin going in these next three days against Anderson, Wheeler, and Eflin. I'll have a full breakdown with of the uh, that series coming up with Dan Wilson tomorrow. But critical games coming up because it's early. You can't fall in that gap. You cannot fall once again. We're going to keep saying it. There's no way you can fall to 1931 this year and pull yourselves out of that hole. How good this division looks like it is going to be moving forward. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can follow the show at LO underscore Nationals. And until next time, my friends, please stay safe.